For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. For the fans, by the fans, this is the Non-League Football Show and you're back with me, Tim Fuel, bringing you yet another hour or so of non-league knowledge and know-how. Well, that's what I claim anyway. Uh, joining me again this week, my co-host back from his latest jaunt up north, uh, manager at FA Vars semi-finalist Chertsey Town, Mr Dave Anderson. Good evening, Dave. Good evening. Uh, so 1-1 after that first leg up at Northwich, Victoria. Um, weather played a little bit of havoc, I believe. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, big game on Saturday now. Oof, yeah. Yeah, listen, I think um, I, I, I had a couple of drinks with Steve. I did take him a bottle of blue WKD for his <laughs> thousands game, and he'll vouch for that. I thought it was a wind-up for me. And, but it, um, and listen, we were treated really well, their hospitality. And such a big occasion, on such a big occasion, you know, I, I, I'm an, I feel I'm an experienced guy. I'm very aware of how people are and I'm also aware that they might be a little bit short with you because of the occasion and what's at stake but we were treated really well myself, the players, the, the supporters you know um, had a cup of tea with Steve before the game had a chat about just different things manager stuff um, with, a, with a beer at the bar after you know and, and you know and I'll, I'll look forward to, to trying to find some WKD in London to, to give him a beer <laughs> And whatever happens, you know, the bottom line is whatever happens, that's more important, that stuff. Um, but the game itself, I think, was hindered by the conditions, you know. I, I think both sides struggled to deal. It was a, quite a strong wind down the pitch and effectively we had it first half and looked more dangerous and they had it second half and looked more dangerous. And I haven't seen the game back, but 1-1 I thought was a fair enough result of, of what happened on the day and and really the the wind won you know um so it's all to play for and you know people say to you oh well done you know it's half time i don't i said to you before i don't read anything in the fact that we're at home saturday and away last sunday it's a good football team run by good people um we're a good fo- football team run by good people and Whoever wins it, there'll be good people going to Wembley, you know. Um, It's, I just hope, looking at the two teams, I hope that the game gets the conditions and then lives up to what it possibly could be because they are nervous occasions, I wouldn't Mm. kid you that. But just watching them and and knowing how my guys are, there is a a real cracker in there, you know. Don't get me wrong, I'll settle for the worst game of football you've ever seen in a 1-0 win. I hold my hands up. There ain't a manager in the world who wouldn't. But it has a real possibility, this game, of being a cracker, you know. And um, and, and I'm expecting, we're expecting a big crowd, as there was at, at, at Witten Albion. And I'd imagine whatever the result, it'll be a good night anyway. Well, I think you have to. I think, you, you, you know, don't get me wrong, I have to. Other people take it their own way, I'm sure. Whatever team loses, that there will be players that that it will affect for a, for a few days. Um, I'm not saying I'll get over it in a heartbeat, but 
I um I will be having a few beers no matter what happens and hopefully I'll be having a couple of beers with Steve no matter who's going to Wembley, you know. But but it, it you know, and I'm not saying this to publicise it, we have enough people coming. But if you're in the area and you've nothing to do, I think it's got the makings of a real cracker. Chertsey Town, Northwich, Victoria. Mm-hmm. Semi final of the FA Vars on Saturday. So to our first guest this week, at this stage in the season, when you're top of the table with seven games to play, they possibly uh, don't come bigger than a home tie against your second-placed rivals. That's what faces Atherton Colliery's manager Michael Clegg this weekend as they entertain a Ratcliffe in the Northern Premier First Division East. And I'm pleased to say that he's taking time out of his preparations uh, for the weekend to join us on the line. Welcome to the Non-League Football Show, Michael. Good evening. Well, it, it, it's a good evening at the moment. I, I guess you've you've got your your stats head on, your your, your planning head. A, a, a big game. Would you just like like to have the kick off now, or, or are you looking forward to Saturday and that build up? No, we're looking forward to it. You know, um, it's, it's my fifth season here now, and um, we've kind of barring last season, we did win a final, but we was out of it in the league. But um, it's been the norm at Coles really to um, have a few tense games in the running, and I think obviously. Um, all the time we commit to it, away from our families and rushing around after work and stuff. I think you want to be in, involved in these games, so you've just got to grasp it while you can and, and give it everything you can and, and hope you leave nothing on the pitch on, on Saturday, really. Yeah, and a win, and then you'll go seven points clear of Radcliffe, but it's so tight up there. You've got Runcorn Linnets on equal points for Radcliffe and then the Rams bottom, they're just a point behind them. And bizarrely, those two teams are playing each other this weekend too. Yeah, it's just a massive weekend, isn't it? I mean, um, it, you know, I think if, if we win on Saturday, it'll put us in a phenomenal position, um, a position we wouldn't have dreamed of at the start of the season. But what we've also got to remember, if we draw or lose the game, no matter what happens, we're still going to be top of the shop come Saturday night. And 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 I think you have just got to take it a game at a time. We're going to have a big crowd on. Everyone will be excited, I'm sure. Um, the lads will be nervous, and, and as will them, but at the end of the day, Radcliffe have, have talked all season about wanting to win the league. Everyone knows they've spent a bit of money this year, and they come in with um, the possibility of going seven points behind if they lose the game. So I would rather be in our position than theirs. Um, we've got players who are used to being in, in title running, so I'm just all, all hoping we can put on a show, really, because we're a good football side, so... What I won't be doing is being conservative and putting 11 men behind the ball, that's for sure. We're at our own patch and we'll want to do a number on them. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at you, you would put your seven points clear, but effectively it'd be eight points clear because your goal difference. So it, 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 it's a game you have to, you know, it, you have to try and go and win it because, I, listen, you're never going to admit to it, Michael, because I understand that because I wouldn't in your position. But effectively, as a pundit, I'm saying win Saturday you're effectively eight points clear of the pack with probably eight games to go, something like that, six, seven, eight games to go. Yeah, it'll be six games to go, yeah. Yeah, that's that. it. You, you've got to really nosedive not to win it from there. Would yeah, you, of, yeah, of course. I, I, I totally agree. You know, I've, I, I'm, I'm never one to shout our mouths. I know we've got a good side. I know, I know we'll be hard to stop if, if, if we win on Saturday. And I think that's the prize. It, it is a bit like a cup final because I think, um, that obviously the chasing pack have got to play each other as well over the next couple of weeks. And 
So a couple are going to take points off each other there. So I think if you win Saturday, you, don't get me wrong, you're not home and dry. Anything can happen no. in football, but you've got to, you know, if you looked at the bookies, you'd be massive. You'd be massive odds on favourites, wouldn't you, to go yeah. and to go and win it? And I think um, just gives you a nice cushion to probably play with a bit more freedom in the running rather than being all tense and and looking over your shoulders constantly. And I think obviously we'll be in a great position if if we've got three points come five o'clock on Saturday. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Yeah, and 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 in your running, how many in the top sort of ten have you got to play? Have you looked at that? One, one. So so. So you've got Saturday and then one in the top ten in your remaining games, yeah. yeah? Yeah. So I would say that's a, that's a reasonable position to be in, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, like you say, I think everyone would, um, would give anything be in our position, but a lot goes on Saturday, and and we keep going on about it's uh, it's about having a bit of emotional control, and we've got the best discipline in the league this season, and and we we, we seem to stay calm in situations, and we're in really good form. Um, Radcliffe are a good side. It's going to be tough, but you know they'll be as worried about coming to us as we are them coming to uh, uh, them coming to us. You know, mm. so it's it, it it is. It's just I, I think um, see the two teams are very equal, and and on paper there's 22 fantastic footballers who will be putting on a show. I'm sure there'll be a big crowd on here, and I just really look forward to these games now. I, I don't get as nervous as I used to. Of just learn to control what we can control, and um, and we'll be playing as we normally do. Uh, well, two things. The first one is I could do with having a chat with you because I've always suffered from nerves in thirty years. The other thing I would say is it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a cagey game because Radcliffe effectively have to beat you. You know, if they beat you, it's game on a little bit. So, so I would if I was in the area as a neutral, it's the game I'd be going to because both teams, if if there's anything about them, will be trying to win it. Yeah, definitely. I think I think anyone who's come watching Avert and Colliery's, and that's probably why our crowds have grown. You'll you'll never see an Avert and Colliery's side put eleven men behind the ball and cling on. It's just not what we do, and sometimes that's been our Achilles heel. I think we've tried to curb it a bit more this year when we go set two or three up, and and we tried to manage games better, but. We're the same. We've got pace. We've got intensity. We're top goal scorers in league, and you would imagine that we're going to get a goal or two on Saturday. So I would imagine that if Radcliffe come here on Saturday, they need to score two to three to three goals. So yeah. I think it could be a really really good game. And you, you've got a great track record since you took the manager's job. I think it was back in summer 2014, and yeah, you, you, two titles, promotions already. And it's your home club too. So, so what would it mean to to wrap up that title and get another promotion? I, honestly, I can't even think about it. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you from the bottom of my heart, it gives me goosebumps thinking about mm. it. You know, I've got friends in the town, family um, come, and it's just become such a big part of my life. Um, so obviously you work day to day to earn your money, but this is your relief and this is your passion. But from when I walked through the door four and a half years ago to what could happen in six weeks' time, I, honestly, I, I can't even come to think about it. I said in this to my dad the other night, I think if you got to that last Saturday in April and we won that league, I think I'd probably burst. You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> even know what I'd do. Um, it just, we're, we're in a position where... you you've so much emotion tied into it with what we put into it you know we we don't just turn up and play football like probably all the other managers at our level so much goes into it so many people give the spur time and give it up for free and mm. 
And we've got a very moderate budget at Coles. Everyone knows that. So we've been likening this to our lads. This is like Leicester City. This, let you know, let's not um, let's not try and put it any other way. We weren't in anyone's ears to go and to go and win this league this year. This is a massive, massive upset that we are where we are with some of the money what some teams spend in our league. So it it probably I, I think it'd be up there with probably the best achievement at Evo State level by any side, and I really do mean that. And I'm just really proud to be to be the man who can try and do that and, mm. and push this town forward because there's a lot of good people here and there's a lot of lads who've stayed loyal who get offered big money to leave every week and they stay loyal to me, they stay loyal to the club. So there's so much emotion behind it that we have to try and control that and um, and just do the job till the end of the season and then there'll definitely be a few players on the missing persons list if um, come first, second <laughs> of May if we win the league. It's, there's no doubt about that. And and what about how would Leicester City do in the Northern Premier then? So so if you take that squad into the into the next level, have you thought about what you'd need the add to? Have you thought about you know? You know, we I think the thing is with Atherton Coles, we still need to shake off the Atherton Coles tag because mm. so without being disrespectful to to the club, people look at our club and it's still like oh Coles they get forty watching. We'll probably have six hundred on here on Saturday. Wow. Um, but the but the thing is, we we need to change probably uh, probably the mindset of the club rather than the players. The players are a bunch of winners, you know. At Coles, we could still probably lose ten on bounce, and our fans just love all lads because of where they are and where they've got them. So I think now it's about just reassessing everything. What do we need? We've got a young squad anyway who are growing. We've got a lot of lads in there, like a lad at twenty three year old at two hundred and fifty games for us on Tuesday. Wow. We've got. He's played 250 out of 264 he's been available for. It must be some kind of record. Um, And then we've got lads in 150s, 170s. So I think ability-wise, we don't fear anyone in our cup run last year when we won the Evo Stick Cup. We beat Colville in the final. We beat Edmondsford comfortably in the semi-final. Colville were very comfortable in the final. So we've played a few of them pre-season and we always hold our own. So don't get me wrong, where I don't think we'd probably be pushing the top of the table. I I just don't, I couldn't see it with this current squad that we'd also be in a struggle because we're a damn good football side and Mm. um, I think more and more people are seeing that now in we haven't got like household names at this level. We've gone and got people um, from lower and brought them up. And I just think they, they're just willing to give you that little bit more, willing to listen and, and get the calls DNA in them, which is you turn up for training, you get on the nights out, you give everything you've got and you go home and, and you and, and you become a part of it. And it's a it's a bit more personality over performance at calls. You've got to got to be a right type of character to be in and amongst it because it's a very special changing rooms and you do get dug out pretty quickly if you don't buy in the lads demand a lot from each other so it's it's a good environment but we've worked hard to get it like that and obviously we, we often talk about ground grading issues at this time of year when um, particularly when a club's mm. had like back to not back to back promotion but close promotions Moving, uh, yeah. together it is the club ready on the infrastructure side of things to go up to the next level as well? Well, well, yeah, I think we've, I think they, they come down a few weeks back and I think there's got to be a couple of little alterations here and there, but they're within our capabilities. But I'm actually just sat on the car park now at the club waiting to go into our first ever sponsors evening. So we've invited every wow. local business to the club tonight. 
um, put on a couple of free beers and some free food from them. And, and we've put a little video together of question and answer with myself and the chairman and, and really let the, the, the town know what actually goes on behind the scenes and see if anyone wants to buy in because I think the club will be the first to tell you. They're a very proud bunch. They don't go and try and get money from anywhere. Our bonfire is our main source of income for the year, believe it or mm-hmm. not. It just gets packed. We get like a couple of thousand on. We play Bolton Wanderers in a friendly every summer. We get a couple of thousand on. And, and other than that, we run probably week to week. And we've never had someone pumping money in. So tonight's about what can the local community do for us? Have we got a joiner in there? Have we got an electrician? Have we got someone who wants to put that little bit of money into our lads' expenses? We don't know. We've never we've never really got out there, but we're doing that tonight. And I think there's 50 businesses coming down, actually. So we're hoping now that people start realising we're getting to a level that is serious. Um, potentially, if you do go up, you, you, you could potentially be facing a Scarborough, South Shields, FC United, your Hyde Uniteds of the world um, next season and stuff. And um, so things are, things are getting more serious, aren't they? But um, it, it's something that we all work hard for. So we just, it's so important that we get over the line now. And, um, and then things will probably fall into place from there. Well, sometimes when you, when you work hard, you get uh, ju- good rewards and just rewards. And it, it sounds like uh, they're heading your way, Michael. It's been uh, great talking to you and, and getting the insight and, and finding yeah. out about that club that's run the old school way, by the sounds of things, but, yeah, but, no, but moving in the yeah, right direction. Yeah, other options, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, obviously, I'd like to say good luck to the Chelsea boys at weekend. But Appreciate it. My best, but my, my best <laughs> friend's captain of Norfolk's Victoria. Is he? Gone Is... To, <laughs> Brad to my kids. He was an usher at my wedding. Really? Um, and then I've got obviously uh, Rob Sadler, there, the goalkeeper coach, who's we've been all through school together. And wow! Five of the old Coles lads are in the squad actually. You um, couldn't resign them, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. So yeah. um, I'd love to wish you the best of luck, but I'm sure Brad wouldn't speak to me. To no, I get months, it. But 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 no, um, may the best team win. And Appreciate obviously, it. if you are the team to go through, I hope you have a fantastic time at Wembley. Um, yeah, thanks. And you've done absolutely amazing to get there. Yeah, nice people Work actually. Well. I get on well with Steve, the manager, with a yeah, couple a of drinks now. And um, yeah, listen, the the game was it wasn't a great game because of the conditions, but. But it was an honest game, and and um, I'm sure. Listen, it's a c- close call. I don't need to tell you that. Two good sides, and um, yeah, Brad said. Brad said mm. to me that you dominated the first cause of the wind. And yeah, and they did the same second. second. Yeah, he said, the, he exactly. said the wind were really, really bad. I couldn't yeah. get there. We mm. didn't have a game last weekend, mm. so I booked a little break for me, the misses and kids. So um, I, I couldn't get there, but um, I'd have loved to have been there and, and seen yeah. you go toe to toe. It's I think it's I think I think in all honesty, the, the win won. That's what that's <laughs> yeah. what I'd say, you know. But, but to be honest, I, a lot of my friends went and they said, you know, seeing it's two teams who are renowned for playing good football, the, the weather just absolutely yeah. killed it. But the forecast is much better this weekend, and I don't want to talk about our game because we're talking about you. But the for, the forecast is much better this weekend, so 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 we'll see. But um, but I, I understand you're not wishing me well, but I wish you well in the league, okay? <laughs> no, I do wish you well, but I just wish Brad a bit better. That's fine. That's fine. But no, I know we we had heartbreak in the bars um, a couple of years back. Got to the last sixteen, we're two 0 up, and we threw it away against Cleethorpes. We got to Wembley, and we battered them on the day, and it was mm. absolute heartbreak. It took me months to get over that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it's a fantastic competition. It is. Like I said, may, may the best team win. I've got loyalties on their side, and and I, and I am wishing you all the best. Really appreciate it. 
Well, th- thank you oh, once again, Michael. Best of luck. Yeah, thank you, and uh, speak thank to you, you soon. Take care. You will do. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> An old-school work club, by the sound of things. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, you know, it, it's a name that's always been there or thereabouts. You, we, we've known about it. but it, it, yeah. And now they're, mm. now they're flying flying up. And it, it, yeah. it's good to know that, um, you know, personalities yeah. and uh, just old-school camaraderie and... But not just budgets win. Yeah, but we've 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 sort of been we've watched them grow, and we through through the years of the show, and we've had them on before, and they're in a great position now, you know that. And listen, I get the old school. I, you know me, I'm I'm old old school, you know. But um, I think if you get the right group of players and they buy into it, and I just wrote down here personality over performance. I actually, wrote it down. It's a really good little saying, and 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 I get it. It it, it explains a lot. And um, I think them that to to go on and win it, they're in a pos- great position now. But it's like anything; it's never easy to get over the line in any sort of competition that you're trying to win, leagues, cups, or whatever it may be. But um, that if they are the Leicester, that then people will notice for the next sort of what he said. They got left seven, eight games, mm. and um, and I wish them well because that's when. That's when the nerves kick in and, and everybody wants to beat you because you're top of the league, but oh, you'd be a fool to back against them mm-hmm. and, and I wish them well. Looks like they've done their job already. Mm. Okay, so if you offer almost any manager at the start of the season the chance to be one point clear at the top with seven games to play, I'm sure most would snap your hand off, as I'm sure any CEO would with two. Perhaps our next guest, the CEO at Farsley Celtic, who find themselves top of the Northern Premier League with the end of the season in sight uh, would do the same. Welcome to the non-league football show Joshua Groove, CEO at Farsley Celtic. Good evening, how are you doing? I'm good. Now, CEO, it's it's a big title but I I think you you tend to do everything, don't you? Yeah, um, unfortunately in uh, non-league clubs we're uh, we're not (laughs) privileged enough to uh, be full-time so yeah, it's a bit of everything really. And uh, Would you have snapped my hand off at the start of the season to be in the position you are now? And absolutely, and I snapped your hand off without a doubt. I think, um, obviously, with what's happened um, with the demise of uh, North Ferriby, um, has taken the cushion away a little bit. We had, um, you know, a week or so ago with four points clear, but at the end of the day, a point at the top of the table, yeah, you'd take that. You know, we, we sat quite comfortably mid, um, in the middle of the playoffs for quite a while, um, and then obviously we'd we've rose up there, and it's uh, it's not a bad place to be, but it's just that the only situation behind that is. is you're there to be shot at the top of the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned the North Ferriby situation. Obviously, that they've gone into administration, folded, which then means that all their results have been expunged. Oh, um, wow. And it's late on in the season, but, but you know, thankfully not as late as, as this has happened in, in the past. But it, it has affected the table somewhat, hasn't it? Yeah, quite quite dramatically. I mean, um, it's, a, it's a hard one because... You don't want to see any football club to go, and the amount they were taken for wasn't, you know, arguably a large sum of money. Um, there's been difficulties. They've been trying to change a lot of the club um, over the last year with the new owners and things. But unfortunately, it's happened, and I don't think there's any good time for a club to uh, particularly go. You know, you look at the start of the season when uh, Shaw Lane went out out of existence before the season even started. That's that's something that you know we, we can deal with when um, Hensford was um, transferred over to our division. But 
you know, you look at that from a, a Cubs point of view, is simply, you know, Shaw Lane went, which meant Hensford were moved over. Um, Shaw Lane were our closest club to us. We lost our Boxing Day fixture, um, our New Year's Day fixture, sorry. Mm. So we had to travel two and a half hours down to Hensford on New Year's Day. So, you know, it's that kind of thing that I don't think it's great at any point for a club to run. It's, it's not good to see at all, you know, especially... I've been through that largely over the you know ten and ten and a half years ago when we went into administration. Um, it's not a nice feeling. Um, it's really, really not, and it's not a nice thing to have to to deal with as a as a club. Um, but the, the key thing behind this is, is hopefully they can get new people behind them and, 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 and come alive again for next season, start a bit further down the pyramid, and, and, and make their way back up again to the successful club. The ones were. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned about you know your own club effectively dying, starting again, and, and that was well nearly a decade ago. But you, you, yeah, you're yeah. now flying and coming back up. But we we do it. We end up reporting you know several times a season about about this happening to clubs, and you know you, you've learnt a lot, I'm sure, as a club, and 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 how that's not going to happen again. But it's almost like. The wider world of football needs to learn these things as well. You know, like if it was a, a problem, yeah. it, uh, you'd have a counselling session, wouldn't you? And it, it, it almost non-league yeah. needs to help one another and sort yeah. of like, yeah, be, maybe be more open. There is a lot of, uh, you know, we haven't got any problems, everybody's all right. And then suddenly you know, the, the, the small hole that was leaking in water it just bursts open and then mm. there's not a lot we can do. I think that's, yeah, you're right with it. And I think, I think the simple, you know, thing down this is, is Unfortunately, you know, it's different with our level. We, we have some lower gates. We, um, we've got to find other revenue streams to ensure there's money within the club. Some clubs at non-league are lucky to have a financial backer. Some clubs work very hard for the money they've got. Some other clubs sit in a position where they feel comfortable that they can afford to sit there. Um, and I think sometimes when, you know, directors, chairman and chief executives and, and, and the board sit down at the start of the season, you've got to be very realistic in your, in your outlook of where you go in and what you're looking at. And I think sometimes some clubs overstretch themselves um, and, and sometimes it's not necessarily the club's fault, you know. Um, you, you plan for budgets, you, you plan things and then ultimately they don't come off and you're in a situation where you've got a gap of X amount of £1,000 to find to get you through the end of the season and you know, it's hard. It's, it's very, very hard. I think that that's the problem behind it. And it's, it's a lot more financial. And I think we also forget that normally run by volunteers and, and people who put a lot of time and effort into to getting clubs going and moving. And and, and that's that's the other problem with non-league football across it all is, is people are struggling for time to get stuff done right. And, and that's a simple problem. I, no, no, I was just going to say that, that Joshua, that, that two things. That the first one is to, as a manager to lose three points like like that's happened that oh, it's hard to take you know and then yes. listen we all we all feel for the for the club that's had the fold of course we do but it, in fact I've wrote down here you know being a being a, a Glasgow Rangers fan it's the first time I've had any sympathy for a team called Celtic in my life but, but I, <laughs> I do I, I do think that it's you know it's harsh I don't know what the answer is I just feel for you I feel as a manager, it's so hard to get the amount of points to get over the line. The second thing I've wrote down here is playoffs, you know, the possibility of, of playoffs for the second year. I think you've done magnificent not to have the hangover, which a lot of people suffer from. But but surely yeah. there, there, there must be alarm bells at the thought of, of playoffs again. 
Yeah, I mean, what, what's the worrying thing is, is, you know, we feel like, you know, as you can imagine, um, our manager's um, not too impressed. And the reason he particularly can't be around tonight is because he's, um, he's just given, his wife's just given birth to his uh, second child. Today. Oh, congratulations. Um, so, unfortunately, you're, you're stuck with me, guys. But, um, <laughs> but no, um, you're right. You look at the table, um, you know, we've lost the six points. You know, we've lost 10 goals as well, you know, on our, on our plus goals on there. We've we've taken quite a lot, you know, and and, and, you, and what's hard to take as a club, and I think it's for anybody. If you look at the top end of the table, you know, you've got South Shields who lost one match and won a match against North Ferby, which meant them guys have only actually lost three points, um, and not that many goals, um, and, and and you know, and you look at Warrington as well, who at the end of the day have lost six points as well. And lost a number of goals, you know. Yeah. Warrington were second, sort of chasing our tails behind us, um, and now they're all of a sudden in third. And and you talk about the playoffs; it's even harder this year with the super playoff structure mm. that's in place. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's a. I mean, the playoffs for any club's a daunting task. You know, we we were looking. You know, last year we just got into the playoffs um, by the fact of showing. Um, getting deducted points for playing an eligible player by a point we got in the playoffs. We were particularly ready to get in the playoffs. Arguably, probably not. But when you're there, you've got to plan and go forward for it. And I think it's the mentality of your manager. I think the manager's a key behind a lot of the way you look at things and, and sets a very big tone in your club. And work out quite lucky to have Adam Leitland, who's quite a positive guy. Um, he looks at things pragmatically. And and he's got the right way, you know. And funnily enough, I'm having this conversation with him last night. We were trading last night, and we were on about how where does it feel if we ended in the playoffs? And I'll be honest with you. And he says, I'd be absolutely heartbroken mm. with the way we've gone this year and the way we've come up and, and we're playing our football. It, it it is it's a daunting task, you're right, and to look at where you're coming from and where you've been to all of a sudden now. We're a point. All it takes us is to, is to lose one match. Yeah. Um, and and. Either of the top, you know, the, the other two, South Shields or um, Warrington, to, to win and to take over that position. You know, there's not that many games left. Um, we've got one one midweek match and the rest of them are Saturdays and, and, and we're done. But, you know, but then again, you look at the running we've got. Arguably, we've got an easier running than most. Uh, we're playing most sort of bottom half of the table other than Buxton. Um, who were a waiter, um, but they've got a brand new 3G pitch. Yeah. Uh, we play, uh, we play good football on a uh, 3G pitch, as we saw um, two years ago when we went to Tamworth in the FA Trophy in the replay and beat them. I think it was five nil. Um, so, we, so we play well on that. Um, we've just got to keep looking at the games. And at the end of the day, my argument and the big thing we have at the club is, is we don't look at what anyone else is doing. As long as we're achieving what we need to achieve going forward, then the we're happy with that. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned the manager, Adam, Adam Lakeland. He's got a great pedigree as a coach. Uh, Curzon Ashton, I remember, uh, Norfolk Victoria. Uh, yeah. uh, David's yeah. well aware of it. But he's been with you as well. He's got his own coaching business. And it sounds like you, you know, Dave often talks about the, the relationship between chairman and manager. But you, you know, been, uh, you're, you do secretarial duties and obviously you, you're at the club but probably more than anybody else as well. It sounds like you've got a great relationship with him as well. Yeah, I think it's key. You know, um, when I, I took over as chief executive five years ago, and, you know, the first time we've ever had one in the club. So it was a bit of a how do we find the roles, responsibilities of a chief executive in, in, in our club? Um, and it really came through 
came to its own when Adam came on board um, two seasons ago because the, the the management prior to that were were a little bit older and had been at the club a lot of years um, and, and and always dealt with the chairman. Um, where Adam came on board um, and with him being a little bit younger, um, we have we've got a very good rapport together. Um, you know, I'm I'm the guy who can he can ring up and vent about anything he needs to vent about yeah. and talk about and. And that's how relationships need to be, you know. He knows when, you know. The one thing we do as a club as well is, is I'm not the football expert in it. I'm not the manager. But clubs appoint, this is one thing I, I have a big thing about, is, is clubs appoint a manager. You appoint a manager because you believe he is a specialist in what he does to manage your mm. team. So you've got to allow that that person to manage that team. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, I think Dave's going to buy you a, a big no, present. No, you just, <laughs> just made me jump up in my seat because funny enough, we had um, Paul Hughes, Paul the, Hughes, the, the Hayes and Yeti manager. We're recording this at Hayes and Yeti and then he just came in and I was having a chat with him, me and Tim before we recorded. And we were talking about the relationship and about different chairmen and how they are. And it's the one thing we both said is exactly what you have said is it'd be great if you, you the best chairman in the world are the ones who know where the line is, who who are entitled to say to you what they think about your team. But as long as you're within budget, it's your decision to deal with it. I'm 100% behind that. You know, yeah, yeah I, you know, Adam, every home match, Adam will come into my office and we'll have a quick 10 minutes chat while he's eating his after-match food. And then he goes back and sits with the players and the rest of the club yeah. and, and does that. I give my opinion. I'm not the expert, and um, you know, and I don't think, I think is, you know, yes, chairman and chief exec and directors are entitled to their, you know, yeah. into their um, views on, on the game. Yeah, and they work hard. They work hard, and, and and you know, I I don't then yeah, I think that's a point that I, I want to make as well is that as a football manager, you understand how hard these people work, and they're yeah. entitled to their one to one with you, and they're entitled to to tell you what they thought, and sometimes it's good to hear what they think. But but there's a line in the sand, and and as long so, as you both know that, then it's it's more successful. Hundred percent agree. I think it, there's only been you know a couple of times where you know we you know Adams come back asking for a little bit more in his budget and uh, over the last couple of years, mm. and, and 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 if you can have them conversations and and have the frank and honest ones with him saying yeah you can do but you've got to do this this and this yes. to bring yourself back in budget. And he what goes away and rings up and goes, actually, I better think about it. I don't think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Then that's the way you should the Absolutely. relationship be. And, but, but you know, we're, we're obviously starting. We're coming to the end of the season. We're in a we're in a bit of a position. We don't really know where we're going to be. Um, hopefully, if we get the promotion, and and the conversations I'm currently having at the minute with our chairman um, and the rest of the board and Adam is 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 what do we want now? Where do we want to go? You know, the conversation we'll have at the end of the season is, is not he were rubbish, he were good, he were this. It was, right, Adam, give us your opinion on these players. Who do you want? Who do you not want? And have you got your eye on anyone? And then we can have a frank, honest conversation. You know, he's got a management team behind him. And at our club, we've got a management team behind him that one's the next player in Mark Beck, his assistant manager. You've got our physiotherapist, um, Gareth Liversidge, who's been with the club over 10 years. You've got Gary Stokes, who's our goalkeeper coach, who's got about 30 years' experience in goalkeeping coaching. And they've got the experience in doing their job, not me. I, I can quite easily run a football club and, and I enjoy it. I do it. I'd like to do a job. But 
they do a job and you appoint them for that exact reason to run your team. It's any business in my world. You employ someone to do a job, let them do the bloody job. Here, here. And you say you're not sure. You are doing a fantastic job, but you know the first team's doing well. But but off the field as well, you know, considering that you reformed, you know, not so long ago, you've got a thriving youth set up with um, both boys yeah. and girls, and you can see that the community's really getting behind you as well with with the crowds and everything like that. Every everybody's buying into what you're doing. Absolutely, yeah. You know, we we. We, we, we went into the administration. Um, we went through a bit of a troubled time four years ago. We restructured the club. Um, it was a decision that particularly wasn't very favourable by a, a bunch of people, but we restructured, brought everything back into the club. And the, and, and the current structure, we've got you know, we've got 22 teams. Um, we've got the only deaf team in, in Yorkshire um, playing out of us, um, Far Celtic mm-hmm. Deaf, um, who play in the top flight of deaf football. Um you know, so you know, and that was about us. They were struggling. They were a team that was struggling. They, they were they were nearly going to go bust. It was Leeds City death. Um, and I had a conversation with their chairman at the time and said, "Come to us and we'll support you." Mm-hmm. And two years later, they became Far Celtic death, and and off we go. You know, we've got the women's team there. So you're right. You know, we've got boys and girls throughout, but it's about engaging with the community and getting people in. You're absolutely right. And I think any club at our level who thinks it's not about being out there and being seen, they're, they're losing track a little bit of what they're doing. Well, we're losing track of what we're doing. I, I suppose yeah. I better let you go and go, yeah. and go and go and run a football club. But I will mention though, today, I will mention to Dave Anderson that obviously it's the Celtic derby this weekend, isn't it? You, yeah. You, you guys are against Stalybridge Celtic. So uh, yeah, if, if Dave didn't have a very big game that he's uh, yeah. he needs to be at, I'm sure he'd be there. If only if only he's recalled stop? Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're playing, um, we play Stafford Rangers on uh, Tuesday the 9th of um, April, so it's uh, an old, a yacht, oh, it'd be an English old show. Brilliant. So that would be a good one. Brilliant. Well, Joshua, it's been fantastic talking yeah. to you. We wish you well uh, both on and off the field, Thank and uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch and, uh, and speak to you again soon. No worries, guys. Thank you. Yeah, Take care. Thank you. Always good to get an opinion from someone that's running yeah. the club on a day-to-day basis. He's there. Mm. He's, he's doing it, everything. It's just a different viewpoint. And I get, you know, I'm not trying to be clever, but you get, I get sometimes a better feel of, of how the relationship is within the dressing room and the boardroom by talking to, to the chairman more than the managers. The managers are clever. They've been around. They've been interviewed a million times and they, they don't... I know that because I'm exactly the same. <laughs> You answer what you want to answer. Sometimes you get um, people like Marcus or, or um, Joshua, and you, you um, there's more honesty to it, you know. And you can you can tell by what he said, how he said it, that the relationship is fine, and, and it it's, it it will blossom. It is blossoming, and and for all those people who who want to know what it's about, then they should listen to what he's saying and where the lines are. And if you speak to any managers we did before the show with, with Paul. You know that it's, it never changes. You know, managers only want one thing, and that's a line in the sand where they can do their work without being in, inhabited by by people from the boardroom. And also, for anybody that you know, wants a job in football, it proves you get involved in non-league, and there you go. He's Absolutely, got a, yeah. He works in football, yeah. and yeah. and how happy did he sound? Living the dream, Indeed. living the dream. Yeah. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, if one point ahead with seven to play would have been enough to tempt many at the start of the season, what about our next guest, who's 11 points clear at the top and only six to play? That's the position in the new Southern League Premier Central, and I'm pleased to say manager at Leaders, Kettering Town, an old friend of the show, Marcus Law, joins us on the line to tell us how it feels feels to be there. Welcome back to the non-league football show, Marcus. How you all doing? You're good? How are you? We're good. And you're, you're very good. Um... Yeah, yeah, we've still got a bit of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> Caution. I like it, I like it. So, it, it's let's start with it, the weekend. You got an away trip to Leeston at the weekend, and obviously you're in this new uh, Premier Central division. How's the travelling been? Has it been easier, being in this new look division for you guys? Uh, the travelling's been a, a lot easier. Um, it's been odd in terms of the ma- lack of midweek game. Um which kind of um, had the sort of the higher, you know, sort of the conference feel, really, because you, you, you did a lot of, main, mainly your games were uh, Saturday to Saturday, and I think there was probably only one, one Tuesday of the month, if not two, you mm. play midweek. So, um, yeah, that's been a strange feel. Um, but from the last year, when we were in the Southern Division and we were playing Gosport away on a Tuesday night or... Tiverton on a Tuesday night and getting home at uh, six o'clock. I'll uh, I'll certainly take the this year's format for a long shot. And I, I said that you're you know eleven points clear at the top, only six to play. But and, and then you were cautious. And we should let people in on, on that because you you got um, you know, Leeson at, at the weekend. But then your remaining games, you're playing everybody up at the top there that are still battling for the playoffs. So you've got is it Alva Church, Owen, Barwell, Ruston and Diamonds and Stratford Town. These are, these are clubs yeah, that all want to win the game. Yeah, we're, we're involved in games where everyone is in a position where they need to win, uh, depending uh, where they are in the league table. Um, we just want to get our job done as soon as possible and let them have the stress. Um, there's no, they've obviously got their own agendas, but um, I think Dave will back me up on this. There's It's like a running theme in football. You never want the opposition be winning the league or picking a trophy up at your ground or you be the uh, it's never a nice feeling watching someone else uh, get the glory so we know every team um, will have that extra yard that extra bit of aggression and want um, not only for their own uh, course but they they don't want to be the ones shall we say handing the trophy over to us but uh, we've um, we've got to win half our games Um, football's football so um, we take we take one game at a time. I'll try and get I'll try and get as many in as I can. <laughs> I've got a little scratch card going yeah. there, haven't you? I, to be fair, I, I, I mean, listen, there's there's lots of reasons why people are up for it. Well, if you're up there, you're up there to be shot at, and it's it, you know, we, we, if you're not top of the league and you're playing the team top as a manager, you can nearly stick your head in and go, "Good luck, lads. I'll see you later." So there's that there's that part too. But I've wrote down here, um, I'm saying it's better. I always felt it was better to be playing people who have something to play for. So the people who are up and around you, Marcus, I would rather have them games than the people in the mid-table who are totally relaxing, who 
who could turn you over yes, in a heartbeat. Or do you, do you understand what I mean? So you're playing yeah, for something, yeah. but everyone around you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're, and they're an animal you don't really want to deal with because they're they they are good players um, throughout the levels, um, and then on any given day, any team can beat anyone. And if there's freedom in their play, yeah. then then all of a sudden they could be doing things that uh, I mean how many teams you've seen who come from like the the top of the bottom half and they end up being like eight points off the playoffs and they go oh if only we'd done that or this will be all good for us next year but the bit they're missing is the fact that you've got to play under pressure um, yeah. we we've been very good with that we've never um, we've always bounced back from a loss um, which has been a, a good form our waveform is um, is very good um, and that that's probably because we've got some very very good players for our level and uh, very professional, and the the pressure moments we've dealt with very comfortably. Yeah, and yeah, I make you absolutely right in, in what you're saying. It, it's it's how it feel, but but it, the other side of the coin, which sometimes you, is out of your hands, is how how's the fitness of the squad on that, Marcus? Uh, we we've been. Um, We've had it. We've had it not easy. We've, mm. We had uh, one of our top goal scorers out um, for the first uh, eight weeks. Um, in fact, I lost last year. I think we scored about 145 goals, and the three lads who contributed to just over 100 of that, wow. I, I lost them all in the summer. One being injured for two months, and then the other two moving on to other clubs. So I started off the season <laughs> um, scratching my head. Um, but some lads, you know, a lad, Reese Honus, has come to the fore. We moved him further afield, like um, up front, um, which worked. Uh, and then when Aaron O'Connor come back, he was a he's a great, um, just experienced know-how and goal scoring is, is what he does. Um, so bringing him back into Ray helped. Um and we, we just seem to be able to like pick up certain players at good times uh, as and when we were picking up the suspensions and injuries. And, yeah, it, it's the perfect storm. We, we often look at Leicester, don't we, the year they win it. Yeah. Um, the, the 11 week in, week out. Um, the centre-half's never picking up five bookings till March, which is unheard of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it, it's looked after. It hasn't been too... I think the last time we played Leeston was probably the worst time we had. I, had, I think I had about six players out that day. Um, so, yeah, we, we want to go there on Saturday. We, we feel we owe them one. Yeah, and it's, it's... I always... It's it's a frustrating side of it when you lose five or six players because it's out of your hands. I mean, but, you know, let's let's um, let's go on the imaginary trip now because um, it's the only way I'm going to get an answer out of you. We're talking hypothetically, and you do get your promotion. Um North or south, what would suit you better? I ain't got no choice unless no. the southern teams in the conference start, start suddenly turning their season round. Um, yeah. If I had a choice, um, you, you look at the. I mean, I looked at the conference north last year yeah. um, when they did the allocations. And I, I was thinking back to my days at Tamworth in the conference and half the division was there, if not more. <laughs> and and then I'm thinking, well, actually, you go a couple of years before that, they were all football league. Right. <laughs> um, it's, um, that, that league, as much as it's exciting, it looks relentless, ruthless. Um, yeah, um, that, that, that could be a tough ride. I mean, I, I live quite local to Nuneaton, so I see what's going on there. Um yeah, that, that looks a, a tough place to be. Um, 
would are we capable of, of that um i would say a large core of my squad um could pitch themselves north or south yeah um club uh is still in its infancy growing uh, again forward from the dark days yeah the, the current chairman and owner have done a fantastic job uh unwillingly from me they've always stayed within their reins um and you know small steps um and uh yeah the the ground from when i first got there four years ago is advancing um it still has a bit of work to do i think they were looking this morning at uh, uh looking at bringing new stands in um mm. and also we, we've they've now secured the land well it's with solicitors um, between the club and the the council, so you know, in probably five years, six years time, the the Ketter and Faithful will have their their club back in their town. Yeah, that, that, that's that that's that uh, area of land actually within Kettering, um rather than where, where you're playing at Latimer Park. But is that correct? That the idea is still hence why there's still plans to develop at, as as you are at Latimer Park to to keep hold of Latimer Park to become a training base for you. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, that's all part of the 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 idea, the foresight of um, Richard June. Um, they've got a academy running, uh, as most uh, clubs do, uh, with their college. And um, yeah, the the long term plan will be for that to be the training facility, as well as all the the facilities that have to come along with um, in terms of the college, and um, hopefully one day the club be in full time. And uh, yeah, you you are you've been, you've you've been around. You've 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 had class, but but, <laughs> but you are Kettering, aren't you? Yeah, I what you mean. Dave Dave's been around yeah. like, like yeah. a stray cat. Listen, Div is round. That's a problem, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> but but you are you you are Kettering, aren't you? You, you, you it means a lot to you uh, being at the club. Um, they've grown on me. Um, I think. Uh, obviously giving me my first full-time opportunity um your show's not long enough for me to go through them <laughs> that I had there. Um, and yeah i did uh, have a bit of a an affinity with the with the, the people and the fans um and it was just um it's just the ground was just so nostalgic um you just i, I kind of fell in love with it because yeah. I, I like the old grounds rather than the new grounds yeah, me I, too, I love, yeah. I love going up to the um, the northern teams, especially where you know they, they, you could pick out about eight different decades of yes. when certain stands were <laughs> yes. built, and they yes. just don't conform whatsoever with each other. <laughs> but it, it's just great because then yeah. that's the personality of, of that club. It and is. You, you find with new grounds now, they're all likey likey. You could be put anywhere, and it's you know I, I, I kind of enjoy this stuff. And Rockingham Road, which unfortunately is not there anymore. It, just had that massive start. It, it was just a, a great club to be part of and um i left because of reasons that suited um family and and there was always a an underlying didn't get a job done uh and thankfully uh, richie and the club they gave me the chance to get get myself going again because obviously um becoming a real manager and getting sacked at tamworth yeah. um be the first ever one and it, yeah it does lock you a bit and it takes a while to get the the wheels going and the belief and the, the um, you know just um, the understanding that because I, I find when things are not too great you become so blinkered 
because it's um, a world of yeah. who to trust. Your staff's really important then, Marcus, aren't they? Undoubtedly. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just felt I needed to, when they give me that opportunity, I thought, yeah, why not um, build me back up, gets me going again to lift a big club like Kettering in the non-league world. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, we played Rushton New Year's Day, over 2,500 there. Oh, wow. And, you know, that's... Uh, just shows you that what them two clubs can bring to the table yeah. um, when, when the fans in and around it are, are sort of triggered and excited. I used to love going to the old ground when I was at Hendon. It was always, you felt like you were going to a league club, you know, it was just had that that whole yeah. feel about it, you know. But listen, if, you know, I've got to check out and let Tim finish it. But listen, you're doing the job. Well, I'm a pundit tonight, so you've done the job in my book. <laughs> um, and I, I, understand, I understand that you'll be cagey about it, but... Uh, uh, when you do do it, I'll be, I'll be lifting a glass to you, and, and, and you know, and well done. And I hear a rumor you might be uh, you you're, you're on your way to Wembley. <laughs> if, I, if I'm being a pundit, <laughs> well, to be fair, from from where this is being recorded to where I live is on the way to Wembley, but that's about <laughs> it, mate, at the minute. <laughs> no, brilliant. Yeah. No, well, good luck with that. I appreciate um, that, Marcus. Thanks. Well, Marcus, one thing I, I, I was you. As well as you're doing well on the field, I also wanted to mention you mentioned about the club being in the doldrums, but it really is it's alive now, isn't it? So I would yeah, obviously do various bits of research before before we get you on. And it just already, I think on Twitter today, the club's advertising coaching camps, your girls' wildcats division, there's a beer fest, there's a curry evening with Barry Fry. You know, it it's a club that's got great history in non-league, but it looks like it's got a great future as well. Yeah, I think I think um, as you get a little bit older and you, you become sort of, I don't say wiser, you look around. Every club right now is on a journey, and, and they're going to have its good days and it's going to have its bad days, and some will have more bad days than others, and it just sometimes need um, certain individuals and timing of events just to to go their way, and. Um, you know, thankfully for Kettering, uh, Richie June, a local businessman, uh, has brought in uh, a gentleman called Dave Mahoney, um, another local businessman, and he's the chairman, which is the owner. And they're they're progressing the club really well. Um, Richie's got bigger and um, pl- bigger plans in terms of uh, the product that he produces. He, he's got uh, a club that he's heavily in, involved in in China, um, so he has. Um, Academies flying from from one country to the next, and yeah, it's um, it's just having someone excited and the foresight and the want um, to do these sort of things, and it, it then rejuvenates people to who get involved at different levels. And the, uh, the first team, the Saturday afternoon, is the the central point, and that's where I come under pressure because the moment they're not doing what everyone is expecting them to do, that's when. Um, Things are not as exciting, or you know, the uh, the manager becomes questioned. But uh, we wanted to do it in three years. Probably three years was too early. Um, we had a great year last year. We scored ninety-seven points, scored one hundred and forty-five goals, and come fourth, which is <laughs> unbelievable. Which is absolute bizarre. Um, the positive with that is the fact that um, we've carried on that form, um, that that point average. You know, I think it's like two point two or something like that. So, um, the goal, so we, we've kept that going, and that's kept everyone else excited. And uh, yeah, I think if the results go our way and we can have a home tie the day we we can win the league, I think there'll be a fair few Kettering fans there. It'll be quite an exciting day. 
Brilliant. Well, it, it sounds like it'll be a, a very exciting day uh, to be here. And it, it, it's, it's great to finally get you on this season, Mark, because we wish you well uh, to wrapping up that, that title. Yeah, uh, and, uh, sure do. And uh, moving the club forward again. But uh, thanks for joining us on the Non-League Football Show. Yeah. No, thank you. And Cheers, I'll hear mate. from soon. And, and as I say, good luck in the... Uh, Appreciate in, well, in your long journey. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, Phil. Where, where, where would you put that in your CV, by the way? You're going to run out of pages. <laughs> would you write it on a toilet roll? <laughs> Listen, some of it deserves to be on a toilet roll, let me tell you. <laughs> but thanks, Marcus. And good luck. No, brilliant. Good luck. Thank Cheers, you. Bye-bye. Bye. You, you make lots of friends in non-league. Ah, no, he's good. He's it, just it, good. He, we, we've known him a long time. I've never changed my mind of him. You know, he's. I'm, I'm delighted he's having success. It's funny, I've never sat down and had a beer with him. In a, well, maybe I have 20 years ago with it. And and there's so many people that we speak to in this show. And funny enough, Colin McBride called me today. Horn Church yeah. owner and just to wish me well. And, you know, p- very fortunate people to... One, to do what we do here, and two, to speak to to the people we do. And the other thing I get, and I said all the time, and Marcus and the people we have on this show, every day is a school day. You know, I'm I'm a dinosaur, but I, I go off this show every week writing something down that, that I can use, you know. So, But I'm, I'm genuinely delighted for, for him on, on and Kettering, for the club. Yeah. Kettering Football Club. Is, I've got, I remember when Kevin Wilson managed it, obviously fellow countryman. Um, I buy more drink than it. Well, everybody buys more drink than Kevin, but um, but I used to enjoy going and, and playing against them at proper old ground, you know, with a, a good crowd. So I've got fond memories, and it's like anything. You, of a war- there's a warmth there towards him, and I'm delighted. And he, listen, he's not going to say anything, but I'm going to stick my neck out and say that, you know, they'll be picking up a championship. <laughs> So, time to head on over to uh, Non-League Paper Towers. And joining us this week, Alex Neary, editor at the Non-League Paper. Welcome back to the show, Alex. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? Another good and a very busy week. You know, we're, we're, we're getting to, uh, well, what we thought was Brexit. And now we're almost like the tables are, are taking shape, aren't they? We're, the National League, I think the last time we spoke, it was almost everybody and his dog had an opportunity to, to win the title. And it... It seems it's all, almost uh, been handed to Lake Norrin. I've, I've had a great week this week. Yeah, I mean, um, unlike Brexit, uh, the National League seems to be moving forward and uh, in the right direction. Uh, yeah, incredible seven days, really, for, for Leighton Orient. What, what's been you know, so good from their point of view is that, um, you know, a few weeks ago, I'm pretty sure Justin Edinburgh would have been looking at this this two-week period where they're playing these two-legged um, trophy semi-finals and thinking to themselves, you know, we, we might lose pace in the title run. We might, you know, other sides who are who are playing will we'll, we'll gain points on us and probably overhaul us, but that hasn't happened. And they haven't been knocked off the perch. They had a fantastic day on Saturday, not only winning their second leg in the FA Trophy, but all the, all the fellow contenders that stuttered and, 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 and fell away and they've really, really kind of ramped it up and uh, it was a fantastic weekend and eight wins on the spin for them in all competitions. They've really kind of picked it up and, and, and got that second wind after um, a, a dispiriting 3-0 defeat against Salford uh, in early January. It looked like it might have derailed their, their title charge. But yeah, I think they're, um, so I think, what are they, four points clear now with a couple of games in hand and Wrexham are six points behind them. They've got two games in hand on those guys as well. And 
Salford a, a, a cut adrift, although a fantastic win for them last night against Harrogate. So, uh, yeah, it's all gathering pace and, and moving in the right direction for Leighton Orient. Yes, it's still um, you know, much to play for, particularly uh, for those playoff places. It still goes down a, a fair way with, with the clubs that have still got a shout of, of getting in you know, maybe that, that final seventh place where it goes down to now in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, then there's still the potential of uh, promotion to the uh, uh, Football League. Yeah, well, I think that's what, one of the reasons why I'm a, I'm a big fan of this new playoff structure. And um, when, they, when it was first introduced a couple of years ago, it, it came in for a lot of criticism, but I, I, I liked the way it was set up because it kept teams pushing right to the end because they knew that there was um, an advantage to where they finished in the in the top seven. And whereas it, whereas it used to be in the top five, I never I didn't always used to think that there was as much an advantage for the team that finished third and for the team that finished sixth in in, in, in any other division. So. Uh, whereas this, uh, obviously, finishing second or third, you get the bye straight through for what's essentially a semi-final. Uh, and then you've got home advantage as well. So I, I think, you know, all those teams are going to be pushing late in Orient right to the wire. Um, I'm pretty sure there'll be another twist in it all. Uh, you know, Orient have got some tricky games, including an, an, an away game at Solihull Moors. Um, I think I watched Justin Edinburgh actually last night on BT Sport at the at their game at Harrogate, and he said that he thinks 91, 92 points would be enough for automatic promotion. Um, they're well on course for that, but it only takes one slip-up, and uh, you know, the likes of Salford and Solihull Moors and Wrexham will, will be back in there, and, uh, and, and don't count out AFC Files. So um, there's a lot to play for, and that, the, the playoff system where, where it really does benefit teams Climbing up the ladder and, and, and chalking off an, uh, another spot uh, up the table will, will be a real push for them. Yeah, but and like the the top half of the the national league is you know shaking itself down and sort of taking shape. So so's the bottom four though those four relegation spots that the, the clubs there are, appear appear to be set adrift now. Yeah, I think that's it. I, I'm I think it's uh, older shot. Opened the door ever so slightly last weekend with a with a hard fought victory, but um, they, they they look doomed now. And, and you have to say the same about Haven't as well. Dover have just every time I look at Dover, they're they're, they're pulling a result out of the hat, and they just look to have that kind of mentality where they know they're safe. They're playing with a bit more freedom. Um, so I think the bottom four as it is: Haven't and Waterlooville, Aldershot, Maidstone United, and Braintree. I think they'll be heading. Um, Heading into step two next season, whereabouts <laughs> they'll be playing? I'm pretty sure Braintree will uh, will be forced into the National North. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a very very tough season for all four of them. I, uh, having at Waterlooville, I, I always thought was struggling, and, and likewise Braintree. Uh, Maidstone obviously part of company with Jay Saunders in September. They haven't really covered since then. Uh, but Aldershot were the were the team that I feared for. Um, really from a kind of about November time when the goals started to dry up. And uh, it's, it's a really tough one to take for a team that for the last two seasons has been uh, you know, there or thereabouts you know, in the playoffs and, and, and looking a good bet for promotion. So they'll have to regroup and regather. Um, really tough times for the club. And, um, you know, we'll, 
it's not a foregone conclusion, but I, I can't see them getting out of it now. Yeah, we mentioned how tight the National League's been pretty much all, all season, but you, you look at the goals scored and goals conceded compared to other divisions uh, up and down the, the, the pyramid. And even Braintree, the, the bottom there, the, the, 74 goals conceded in 40 games. So, so less than two goals a, uh, a game. So, it, you know, they've not been... <laughs> sort of hammered and, and taken apart it, it, it's still been close games that, that most of these uh, results have been no and, and to be fair they've, they've had some decent results um, what is it I think back in January they they, they turned Barnet over 4-0 so they've, they've had their moments um, but it's just undoubtedly been a lack of quality um, again they lost their manager Brad Quinton fairly early on in, in the season I believe in, in October um, fearing that they needed to make a move um, before it got too late, and, and they just they just haven't recovered. There's just a lack of quality there. Don't forget Braintree. I, I say this with the greatest respect that they, they did. They actually really benefited from the playoffs last season. I think they scraped themselves up. I think they were. I think they might have finished the regular season in seventh place. So they really benefited from the playoffs and the new format last year. Uh, but, you know, full, full credit to them for the way they did that because they, if you go through the playoffs now, having to win two away games before you get to Wembley, then, you know, credit to you, you you've, you've done it and you've done it the hard way. Um, but they, I always felt that they would struggle this year um, and it's just it's just been a lack of lack of quality for them up front and the goals. But your point about the National League is absolutely, is absolutely right. It's, um, I, I think it's the most competitive league, certainly on paper, when you look at, I think up until middle of February, the top 10 or the top 11 were separated by nine points. It's been a very, very competitive season, more so than normal. I, uh, we've always thought that um, by now it would be a two-horse race in most divisions. And we have just talked about Leighton Orient pulling clear, but there are still five teams vying for the championship, in my opinion. So um, it's great credit to the league. It's great credit to the standard of football. Um, and uh, you know, long may it continue. And standard of that football, you, you mentioned uh, Lake Norrin at, at the top and their, their victory in the trophy. We, we should mention we know who's going to be in the trophy final. Uh, one of the Vars uh, members, is, uh, what, the competitor that, that they're going to have to face is Dave Anderson's uh, side potentially, or uh, uh, Northwich Victoria, who play their second semi final this weekend. But uh, it, it's getting exciting for the, for the FA Vars and FA Trophy now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, just sticking with the trophy, um, again, Justin Edinburgh has, has, has highlighted how important it is, uh, you know, having the trophy run, how important it is going to Wembley for his players to experience it. He's experienced Wembley as a player, obviously in his Tottenham days, and he's experienced Wembley as a manager um, in his days at Newport County. So, uh, you know, it'll be really, really important for, for, for his players to go there and put on a really good show. Um, and and uh, yeah, I, I, I think AFC Files will, uh, you know, they will be really, really good competitors for them. Um, you know, they will be really strong, and I think it will be, you know, a, a fantastic final. I suppose from a neutral point of view, it's a bit of a shame that we were kind of expecting, or you know, I think from from a crowd perspective, a late Norwich versus Stockport final would have probably broken all records. But uh, but that's not to be filed there, and that. There will be finalists, and that's for the Vars. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Dave Anderson's Churchy this weekend. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's on as even against Northwich, and it's all to play for. And congratulations to, 
to Cray Valley Paper Mills. I think they were deserved deserved victors in in their game as well. So um, we're all looking forward to, to finals day on May the 19th. Uh, yeah, and uh, obviously your your paper will come out Sunday on uh, March the thirty first, which is the the deadline for ground gradings. Uh, there's there's doesn't seem to be as many rumours as we expected. There's all the uh, uh, discussions, you know, maybe a, a few months back about the the issues with dressing rooms, uh, the sizes that that were coming in uh, for for, for the, this season. Um, but uh, any, any word on any potential? Uh, Issues for any clubs that, that may uh, affect maybe promotion or, or maybe lead to uh, demotion? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I mean, it's a bit of a shock horror here, a journalist saying this, but I haven't really heard anything and I'm actually quite pleased. Yeah. Um, I, I, a couple of years ago, there was um, there was all this heartbreak and, and scandal of the of this, the Step 2 clubs who, who couldn't get promoted or couldn't get, get into the playoffs. I think it was Pool Town, I think. Hungerford were there as well. Um, I, I, I think Darlington, obviously, were, were one of the clubs that were affected by it. all these ground grading decisions. Um, I suppose you would call them loopholes that they'd missed. Um, all of these, um, all of these requirements were laid down in front of the clubs um, a long, long time before the news broke a couple of years ago. Um, you know, I spoke to Michael Tasker about that, and all the clubs know about it, but it's just staying on top of it and knowing what's required. Um, so that was a real shame a couple of years ago and fortunately and I genuinely mean that we haven't heard of anything of the same magnitude of course there was the uh, there was the referees kind of changing room issue which a couple of clubs have fallen foul of and, and, and held their hands up and said yeah we, we, we haven't done that and, you know, but that aside um, there's not been that much out there, and I think pretty much everybody's got their house in order, and and it's happy days. I'm, I'm, we're just hoping that there's, there's, there's nothing breaks late, and um, there's there's heartbreak for any particular clubs. But yeah, by yeah, by and large, it's um, no news is, is good news for me. Yeah, and no, I know we. And it's easy to attack officialdom and the, the FA, the leagues, and that sort of thing. But there is, you know, you've you, you've been in at the FA. I'm, I'm constantly talking to the FA, talking to the leagues, and there is, there does seem to be more communication amongst people, uh, you know, in, in the modern era, if, if if we can call it that. Yeah, listen, like you say, we we, we go and see the FA quite a bit. We're in touch with them about all of these issues, and the last thing they want to do, and I'm being Deadly serious. The last thing they want to do is to is to take something away from a football club, you know, to shut the door on a dream. But the rules are in place for clubs to follow, um, and there were some terrible errors, administration errors, a couple of years ago, which cost um, several clubs um, the opportunity for promotion. Um, fortunately, that hasn't happened this time around, and you'd think that that's come around because of better communication between. Uh, you know, the governing bodies and the clubs. Um, the FA don't make these rules. The FA simply enforce these rules uh, that, that the league's put in place. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to, to hear and, and, and good to understand that, um, that, that there aren't so many problems this time around. And, uh, you know, we're very happy. But like I say, the, the guys at the FA who, who have to deal with these problems and, 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 and these, these, you know, the, the fallouts from... From clubs like like the fallout that they'll have to deal with um, from North Ferriby for next season and you know, potentially restructuring 
um, one of the leagues or two of the leagues off the back of that, uh, they won't they won't enjoy moving clubs around against their will. That's that's not what they like doing. But um, unfortunately, as they had to do last year um, when Shaw Lane um, pulled the plug, and that had a massive effect on on the rest of the pyramid. They have to make these calls and um, and they have to stick by them. So um, look, some very very good people working at the FA who who, who care about non-league football and they've got the best interest of all the clubs at heart. It's like being a referee, isn't it? You know, you you, you admire them really, but you, you know, it's it's probably the easy, easiest thing to, to criticise them. But you wouldn't want to do it yourself. No, they're football people, but no, they really are. And and, and you know, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't, I'm not naming names of, of, of the guys that on this on this podcast. But you know, as, as well as I do, that they're good people and they they've, they've they've got the clubs' interest at heart, and they they like to grow the game and they like to grow the non-league game. So. Um, you know they will undoubtedly fall foul of a club in the summer when they have to do something that doesn't sit well with, with one particular club or, or, or two clubs maybe. But by and large, you know the FA are moving the game in the right direction. Well, ho- hopefully then Sunday's uh, paper won't be full of uh, ground grading issues. It'll be all about uh, who's who's the last team in in the, in the Vars, where where things are going uh, in the various promotions and, and relegations. What else can we expect, Alex? Well, um, yeah, of course, we're covering the the, the Chelsea versus Norwich game, um, and uh, it's, it's it's a big weekend uh, it, it, with league duties uh, pretty much back uh, back to normal now through to the end of the season. Um, th- there is quite a bit in there on late in Orient's fantastic week, so Orient fans, if you're listening, uh, it's definitely worth picking up a copy. Uh, and we are looking ahead. Um, which I'm sure you will talk about next week on your show, the, the, the big clash in National South, which is next Saturday, uh, talk, uh, Woking versus Torquay. Um, that's been a, a, a two-horse race all season, and they've been neck and neck, but it shows again how quickly things change. Woking have just had a little wobble of late, and Torquay have kept up the momentum. And um, by the time that game comes around... Um, if all goes well for Torquay and it doesn't go well for Woking, then um, we could almost be talking about a, a title decider for Woking next Saturday um, at Woking. But uh, I, I think it'll be—I think there'll be more to it than that. But I think it'll be a fantastic game. And those two clubs, led by Alan Dowson, um, you know, and Johnson, they have—they've done a fantastic service to the National League South this year, um, taking big crowds everywhere put on some great shows and entertaining football. It's been a fantastic two-horse race and, um, you know, we're looking forward to next Saturday. So we've got a big piece um, uh, with those guys in Sunday's issue where they're talking talking about the game and talking about the season ahead and a lot of mutual respect for each other as well. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot to there for, for Woking and Torquay fans too. Lots to look forward to. Well, we'll look forward to uh, reading all about it on, on Sunday. Uh, well, thank you for your time as well, Alex. No, you're welcome, Tim. Cheers. So once again, uh, time has beaten us. Well, time, time's gone past and we've we, we beaten ourselves, I think. Uh, uh, thank you and good luck to Dave Anderson thank this, week, this weekend again. And, and then we can start talking about the league and you, your, your Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday <laughs> yeah. games and all that something. Yeah, we're going to be signing you, Tim. You get a game. <laughs> I think the knees are gone. The knees are gone. Yeah. Uh, a big thank you for, to all of our guests tonight and a big thank you to everybody that listens. You can follow us throughout the season and share the show and join in the debate uh, throughout the week on social media. The show, at Non-League Show, 
Dave Anderson, who's at Dave Anderson 78 and myself at Tim Fuel. And of course, you can find us every week on Audio Boom, uh, Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Deezer, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Smart Speakers. I, I've been testing this out again this week. <laughs> and, uh, hey, hey, Google, play the non-league football show. So now in loads of, loads of houses up and down the, the land, Google's now playing the non-league football show. Or Alexa, play the non-league football show. Um, and, of course, you can also listen to us via all good podcast aggregation sites. That's magnificent. The one thing, and I know you're trying to round up, we've got an Alexa, and I kept saying to my missus, it doesn't get my accent, you know. I was calling it Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> Alicia, well, pretty, did you? <laughs> That was your story to the missus, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it was. That's why it wasn't working. So, so I'm going to try Alexa, but um, see you next week, I suppose. Thank you, and goodbye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.